Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only help you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you've always wanted to be. Have you ever felt guilted or shamed into serving or into living missionally? What if following Jesus meant focusing more time on yourself for a season or on your own family? Jesus is actively seeking and saving all that was lost at the fall. And in this episode, I give you permission to follow Him wherever He's leading you, even if it doesn't look as missional as one might think. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Tony, and today I want to share um, about a pretty significant paradigm shift that happened to me in my probably early 30s that was significant. And so I want to talk a little bit about it. When I was growing up, I was definitely, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which means I really like competition. I like to be the best at whatever I'm doing and I like to do it the right way. So (laughs) if there is a right way to do anything, I'm going to try to figure out what that right way is. I'm going to make sure I try to do that. It's a a terrible disease to be this way, (laughs) but this is the way I was growing up in in my immature states. Um, Hopefully I've matured past a lot of that now, but being a Christ follower in a traditional setting in a church, um, my church was really beautiful in, in the way they wanted to disciple us and train us and help us become kind of other centered instead of egocentric, right? Instead of focused on ourselves and really mission, mission oriented. And so we had a lot of training on what it was like to have a missional mindset instead of a consumer mindset. And I appreciate that teaching. I really do. So I don't want to go against all that teaching at all or, or dismiss it. It was very helpful for me in my teen years. And I also want to share um, that that wasn't enough um, and that there was a huge piece missing for me. And that piece really was the ability to listen to, to God and hear his voice. But our church was trying. I mean, I think it was our culture, uh, the whole Christian culture of the U.S. at the time you know, we did the Blackaby study, right? We all wanted to hear God's voice. We were trying to learn to hear God's voice and Blackaby was very helpful. It got us a little step closer, but even with Blackaby, it was, here's a million ways to try to sense God's presence, but really you're still the investigator and you're still having to guess and you're still having to do a lot of work and and analysis to try to figure out if you're really hearing God or not. It, it, it wasn't like you could just hear his voice, like he would just speak to you and you could just hear it. Um, it was through so many different ways that you have to like be a detective and kind of put the pieces together. And I did it all because I was desperate to hear from God. But it, it was a little later than that, that other movements started uh, more prayer healing movements and the Emmanuel approach movement as well came on the scene. And actually helped people start learning to hear God's voice (laughs) and pay attention and listen in community and have some guidelines so that we know we're not going, you know, listening to, you know, just the broccoli that we ate last night or um, things that are heretical, but some guidelines around that, but that we really could hear God's voice in community together. And he really is a God who wants to communicate with us and guide us. And that was amazing. And in that same time frame, I also was, the, the other big paradigm shift was that um, 
Jesus came to seek and save all that was lost. Whereas I had been taught that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So our mission we were taught was to go share the gospel with people who are lost, people who don't know God or don't believe in Jesus. And that was purely my mission was to go share the good news of Christ with people who didn't know Jesus. And, um, but what that meant was we diminished our own needs and we, um, a lot of us suppressed our own needs um, and we threw ourselves into this work of trying to see people come to Jesus. And actually we're using that, um, that activity to give ourselves self-worth, right? And to build ourselves up when really we had some work to do on our own, but that work wasn't value, valued really. I needed to have it all together and offer help to others. That was what was valued at the time. And, and I was taught later in life that, you know, Jesus didn't came to seek and save the lost souls necessarily. He came to seek and save all that was lost in all the relationships that were lost. And, and really for looking at four different areas of relationship that we lost at the fall. And one of those relationships is myself with God. So an individual with God, yes, that relationship was lost. And yes, God is on mission to seek and save that. So I want to validate that one, but there's so many other ones. <laughs> there's also me with, with another person or with a several other people. God came to seek and save that which was lost between us humans because Adam and Eve, that relationship was broken after the fall. They were ashamed, right, to be with each other. And so that relationship in and of itself was lost. Their relationship with God, their relationship with each other. But also what was lost was their relationship to the garden, to the world around them was incredibly lost and damaged compared to what it was. So my relationship with myself, my relationship with God, my relationship with another, my relationship to the world around me, the four relationships that were lost. And when Jesus said he came to seek and save that which was lost, I really believe he came to seek and save the relationships all four in, in all four of those areas. And if we're really going to be following him on mission instead of following what we think is his mission, then we're going to go wherever he leads us in whatever given moment that might be. So one day of the week, you know, or one hour, he might be saying, Tony, we need to do some work inside of you today. You know, you're really sad and you're grieving some things. Let me comfort you. Come close to me. Let me hold you and let me comfort. Let me just be with you right? And that's him seeking and saving the things that have been lost inside of me. Maybe he's challenging me. Maybe he's revealing lies that I'm believing and he's drawing out truth and speaking truth over me. So that is just as valuable as me sharing the gospel with someone who doesn't know Christ and seeing that relationship between them and God redeemed because Jesus is on mission to seek and save all of that that was lost, not just getting a soul into his kingdom. That's not the only thing Jesus was about. He was actually about rescuing all of these relationships so that he could dwell with us here on earth and his spirit and in us with each other in very vibrant, life-giving, mature ways. So following him on mission sometimes looks selfish, I'm going to say, um, especially when he brought my whole family off the mission field and stuck us in a really tiny house and pretty much told us you're not going to be entertaining and you're not going to be reaching out to anyone at all because you need a lot right now. 
your family, your children need a lot right now. And it's going to be a season of you receiving and learning to receive from me. And that was hard because it went against everything I had heard or learned as a, as a church goer, right? It made me feel selfish. It made me feel like I'm being self-centered or therapeutic, as some people would say. But yet we were following Christ and we were following Christ into his redemptive plan for my children and his redemptive plan for my husband and I, and it saved our marriage and it saved our family. So, you know, following Jesus on his mission sometimes doesn't look missional in the eyes of other people. If they think looking missional, you have to be sharing with your neighbors. You have to be reaching out all the time. You have to be hospitable all the time. So I just want to blow that paradigm out of the water. And I want to say, we're going to follow Christ so radically that even if he tells me to focus on just my family, my church inside my house and my husband and me and our relationship, I'm going to obey him and I'm going to let him seek and save all that was lost between my husband and I, between me and, and myself, between me and God and between our children and us. And I'm going to follow him until such a time where he says, okay, it's time now for you to abundantly out of your vibrancy uh, overflow into those around you. So sometimes it's a both and, sometimes it's, it's one and then the other. And, and that's the beauty is only Jesus knows where you need to be right now and what mission he has you on right now, what he's doing in your life and in those around you. So I just want to give permission to all of you out there who feel obligated to be missional, <laughs> feel obligated to constantly have people in your house, to constantly be reaching out to your neighbors. And I want to say, wow, what if we decided to not do anything at all unless we see Jesus doing it? Not do anything at all unless we hear Jesus say, yes, take this to your neighbor now. Uh, yes, reach out to your neighbor now. Um, what if we waited until God filled us to overflowing and then we literally could minister to others out of our abundance and out of our vibrancy and out of our joy? Because I really think that's the way he planned for it to work. And I think we've been guilted and obligated to service way before we've actually learned to receive from our Savior ourselves. So again, I'm not against service. <laughs> I've been doing it all my life, but I'm, I'm for going into service because you're Jesus led there and not because you think it's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, he leads in so many different ways. And um, I, I'd like us to learn to follow him and listen to him and follow him into seeking and saving all that was lost in all those different areas and validating every one of them as equal instead of some as better or more missional than others. Uh, merging soul care with mission. I think that's what Jesus Christ was all about. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, hope this helps you live a little more joy-filled and Jesus-led. Thank you for listening to this episode of Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm the operations director and training champion for Luke 10. Luke 10 is a Christian equipping organization that seeks to see a vibrant family of Jesus within reach of every person on the planet. And we want to do this by training spiritual moms and dads. If you want to learn how to let Jesus lead you and your community, don't hesitate to go to lk10.com today and learn how you can begin your training.